been a pharmacist for a little over five years and I have had an interesting year in 2022 and for the latter half of 2021. Um, on March 21st, I found out I had a enormous brain tumor that was removed on March 28th. And so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about um, what I went through, what I'm still going through and what we can learn from it. I see my victory so clear. So, like I said, I had been, well, I found out on March 21st, I had an MRI. The, the months leading up to that, I started feeling just generally poor. Um, I... Uh, the first thing I noticed was a cough and now that can be anything. I, um, I remember I was at my old job and I would go into the aisles of drugs and just hack and cough. And then it would get really bad when I laid down at night. So definitely a positional aspect to it. Um, the other thing I had going on was, um, hiccups, probably eight to 10 times a day. I had violent hiccups. And at that point, I mean, things were pretty mild, could be anything very nonspecific. Um, I didn't even have a doctor and I'm thinking, is this something I need to see somebody about? Probably not, but I'm 29 years old, maybe I should have a primary care doctor. So got one, um, kind of started going through the possibilities of things. At that point, I mean, I was just tired. I felt strange, um, cough hiccups. And then on December 21st, 2021 was my first episode of vertigo from that point. I mean, it was just downhill, but um, I was checked out and kind of shortness of breath somewhere in there too. Yeah. So, I mean, I went to a cardiologist, pulmonologist, D GI doctor, obviously was tested for COVID a thousand times. Um, just make sure, um, just about everything. I went to a month of physical therapy for the vertigo and strangely enough, it kind of worked. So that didn't really help the diagnostic process. Um, and then finally, I mean, I was, I was getting so sick. I, um, it was getting to the point where I was getting vertigo when I would stand up, which previously was only when I was lying down. Later found out that was because I was tossing around on my brainstem. And um, so I finally had my MRI on March 21st and my primary care doctor called me right from the MRI place. And she said, you need to go to St. Al's. That's one of our hospitals here. She said, there's a neurosurgeon on call that's going to meet you there. She said, you have a massive brain tumor and don't eat anything because you might have it out tonight. And uh, so that was big news. She said, what questions do you have for me? Where, where do you even begin with that question? Uh, so, wow. Yeah. I, so, I, just, I can't imagine. So you're, you're a pharmacist. So a little mm -hmm. background. This woman is absolutely tremendous. And, and since I've known her, she's devolved in, in many ways. 
Um, but back in the day when I did the Fit Pharmacist Friday blog series, that's that's how we connected. We connected on the wonderful world of Instagram. Uh, back then she was Emily Muehlhaus and now she's Emily Summers. So this pharmacist who is really trying to take the stage and show pharmacists and students that it's not a dichotomy between having a healthy, happy life and being a pharmacist. You don't have to choose because I think one of the biggest things that people face and believe that's a lie is you have to pick between either being a good pharmacist or being healthy and happy, but you can't have both because there's no time. There's no way. And your story, just of who you are before all this even went down, has always been inspiring to, to me and to everyone else that has met you. And I know that for a fact. Over the years that we've come to know each other from Instagram buddies to, to, to real friends. So through that time, this woman gets married. She's a pharmacist. She's very active in fitness. She's inspiring other people. She's a genuine good person. And then 29 years old, she gets this call that she has a brain tumor. So mm -hmm. I just want you to think about that. Regardless of where you are in your career, I'm sure that you're stressed out a little, but imagine all of those good things and then it's yay, yay, and then oh wait, and then there's this news. So the reason that I'm so honored for you to share and be here with us today, Emily, is to really share how to deal with something like that. Like, I, I can't even imagine. It, I, I, I can't. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you are using this, not as a look what happened to me, but instead choosing to flip it into, this is how I'm going to use this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome this because I'm a badass first. <laughs> but I'm going to use this to show other people that regardless of what life throws your way, there is always a way if you stay consistent. And, and that's just kind of the, the context I want to give people because I, I've had the pleasure of following you for years. And when I heard this news, uh, I, I, I saw it, you posted it, shared it on Facebook. I immediately reached out and like, what, 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 what? <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. that's what you thought at, at the same time. So you shared with us so far, you get this diagnosis, yeah. you're, you're put in, you're get, you get a call immediately. You need to go to neurosurgery. You got a massive brain tumor. Like I just, I'm kind of at a, a loss for words here. Can you right. kind of walk us through? And I'm sure you were too. Can you, can you kind of share what that was like and how you, how do you, how do you process that and still smile? Like if y'all are watching the YouTube version, this woman's smiling right now. What else can you do? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had, I literally had no questions for her. I asked, I think I asked, what is it? And she said, well, we have to get it out before we know. Um, and I think I kind of set the tone for what my reaction was going to be. And that was, there's only one way and that's through. Um, yeah, there's nothing else you can do. Now, I was terrified. I've never had surgery before prior to this. I've never... I mean, I'm a healthy person. Um, so everything about the whole experience was completely new. And what I, the other thing I felt immediately was the sense of fear because that was my, that specifically having a brain tumor has been my specific paranoia my entire adult life. Wow. I think 
um, I don't know, every time you get a headache and it's, it hurts so bad and it's unexplainable, you think, oh, what if it's a brand tumor? Or, you know, you ever get a little twinge in your chest and you think, well, this is how it ends, you know, just that kind of thing. Yes. I've always been an anxious person. I'll be um, upfront about that. Um, I've always had anxiety. And just to think, it, I really have one. And then of course, did I manifest it? Did I create it? That's been a big thing for me to grapple with is, um, you know, this is not anything, they don't have anything directly linked to controllable factors of brain tumors. So, um, you know, I've been asked by people, is it because you microwave your food too much? Is it because you wear AirPods? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I am very conscious about my lifestyle um, and that kind of thing. And that's why this has been a little extra tough is that we don't, we don't know. Um, just trying to kind of control something that we can't control. So um, I didn't have a lot of questions. I thought, okay, game face on. Um, let's not think about this. Does thinking, thinking about it or overthinking about it serve me? No, because the last thing I want is to be panicky. So uh, we're going to the hospital. And part of me felt absolute glee because I had been so ill for about five months and I'm thinking I'm crazy. Um, I'm thinking nothing is working. I've been to so many doctors. Um, I was told slam dunk at one point, my, it was GERD, you know? I was like, are you sure? I don't drink, I'm not overweight, uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's just, well, so I go to the hospital. My husband takes me to the hospital. Um, I call my parents on the way and I, go, I'm thinking I need to deliver this gently, but I, part of me was so happy. We found it, you know? Um, and I go, okay, guys, I have a huge brain mass. Uh, might get it out tonight. I'll text you, let you know. And so they're freaking out, but um, my husband was an absolute wreck. We get to the hospital, um, neurosurgeon on call comes in and shows me the image and it's, startling um yeah it's I can't, couldn't even believe and I said well how big is that and he said well I'll draw, I'll draw some dimensions on it and so it was it was about and they later found out it was bigger than that just because it was three-dimensional but it was about the size of two eggs next to each other I'm bigger than one egg smaller than two eggs yeah um and it was in my fourth ventricle so Basically, to get to it, they had to take the first cervical vertebrae. I had a laminectomy there. So uh, on my brainstem, explained all of my movement problems. Um, I had terrible hydrocephalus, so it was obstruct obstructing the CSF. Um, so anytime I changed position, bore down or anything like that, I'd get a throbbing headache for a few seconds. And that was because of the tumor obstructing the hydrocephalus. So all made sense. There it was. So um, we learned that night that the neurosurgeon that really needs to do this surgery um, is out of town with his family for spring break for a week. So this was on a Monday. I couldn't have the surgery until he got back the following Monday. 
and I, I begged that surgeon. And I said, can you do it? Can we just get it done? I don't know how I'm going to live the next week. And he said, no, you really need to wait. So what do you do for the next week? Um, my resolution was don't Google anything. Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty much too sick to do much except just stay distracted. But again, the only way was blinders on, stay positive, get through. And that's what I did. And, um, it went pretty well. Um, uh, I, wow. Like yeah. you dropped some really big things that I just want to highlight for people. Mm -hmm. So you had said that when you got this diagnosis, you celebrated because you had answers. So it's not, and, and I want to really hone this because y'all have heard me say this so many times. And when you're stressed out or have a rough day, but this is a 29 year old that has a brain tumor. That's like pretty much the size of a baseball. Okay. And her response is that it's not what's happening to me. It's the meaning I'm giving to the circumstance. It's not the circumstance. It's the meaning that you give the circumstance that becomes the circumstance. Instead of, oh my gosh, I have a brain tumor. My life's over. Instead, it's, wow, I have clarity. And now we know what's going on. Now that we know that we, the, the source of all the stuff I've been struggling through, the source of all my suffering, now this is actually a gift that we can act on and make progress towards yeah. like it's easy to say that principle but then to live it in this environment like that is just a testimony to you being a fit pharmacist not just that you're jacked in a feminine way and look awesome because you work your butt off for it and i know that for a fact but your fitness in your mental health your mm -hmm. fitness and how you choose to show up every day I've said this so many times, and I'm going to say it again, and I know that you live this, not only preach it. If you practice the work behind the scenes, you'll be rewarded in public. It's what you do behind the scenes that shows in public, which means if you do all the daily disciplines, the personal development, whatever that might be, the therapy, the, the talking things out, all the work where no one else really sees and quote, it doesn't matter because it's not sexy. Well, when you build that consistency behind the scenes in public, when you get something like this diagnosis, you've been conditioning yourself so you know how to respond instead of react. Yeah. So I just really want to hone that in because you can't BS that. When you get this kind of news and you respond that way, that's what I call the real talk. So I just really want to celebrate you like freaking extraordinary. Seriously. Do you, do you, do you, have you ever celebrated yourself with that? Like that is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't heard of this, but yeah, it's been a gift in that way because, um, to go back to, I just speak and I was this year that birthdays are not guaranteed. Um, they're earned. And so, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm thrilled to be alive. I'm honored to turn 30. I, you know, I joked about it, but, um, it's, it couldn't be better. So, so, um, next week, the next week was stressful. Um, but I just didn't give into that. Really. I kept up with my routine as best as I could. Um, 
was not easy, but I, I did. And then surgery came and went and it was, nothing could have gone better. I mean, in the things and what happened. So we were pretty much ready for any possibility. Um, you know, we had asked, do we need to get home health lined up? Because since they were essentially scraping the thing off my brainstem, you know, was I going to be able to walk? Was I going to be able to breathe? Was I going to be able to use, you know, use my limbs? We didn't know. And yeah. uh, surgeon pretty much just said, well, there's a possibility of it. So, um, but no way to know until we do the surgery. So that's what we did. Um, and really, I could not have been more fortunate. I will say I was told that my um, general health really contributed to my outcome. Yep. Um, so just another reason, go to the gym and eat your vegetables, everybody. But um, oh, go be a fit pharmacist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, just general metabolic health and um your, your body's general fitness is, is helpful in that kind of stressful situation, um, systemic stress situation, but, um, you'll appreciate this. The worst part was the dexamethasone that I had to take for two weeks afterwards. I mean, I don't know how many times I've counseled like, okay, this can cause weight gain, mood changes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got all of that to the nth degree. I could not stop crying. Mm. I couldn't quit crying. Oh my gosh. And my parents like didn't feel like they could go home because I just kept crying. Yeah. Um, I hated everything. I was so upset. Um, on the scale, I gained uh, 26 pounds in like four days, which not a big deal from like a weight gain, weight loss standpoint. Um, you know, we can lose weight. It's okay. We're alive. Um, but my joints hurt so bad from that dramatic, um, yeah. you know, just that kind of thing. But nothing hurt. Um, nothing hurt. And I never had vertigo or any of those symptoms again. So really could not have been easier for me. Um, you know, I've connected with a lot of other people who had the same type of tumor that I did in the same place and lots of problems, complications, um, with having their brainstem basically scraped. Um, so I'm very fortunate, but it, it has been helpful to talk to some of those people. Um, but yeah, I mean, just kind of vulnerability moment, the, the most difficult part has been, um, grappling with, is this something I could have controlled? Because I was told that just the size of this thing and the way that this type of tumor, um, it was an ependymoma, um, FYI, uh, the type, the way that they grow, which is very slow and consistent. There's no way that it was in there less than 10 years. Wow. which is very violating. You know, now yes. I look at my pictures of myself from four or five years ago and I'm like, I had a brain tumor the whole time, wow. you know, it just, it feels like, um, you, you know, almost like your body's betrayed you in some way. Like I kind of alluded to before you get little things sometimes in your body and you think, well, this has never really amounted to anything before. Um, this is, it'll be okay. It'll go away. Sometimes things don't go away. So, um, I guess that was, that's kind of one of my big messages. One of my only observed before this all happened, but this underscored it is just pay attention, um, in every capacity. I mean, pay attention to your body. If something is off, it probably is. Um, I don't mean to inspire 
hypochondriacism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, nothing like that, but. Pharmacists uh, don't need help with this. <laughs> no, we do not. No, you already probably think you have blood cancer and all this kind of stuff. But um, if something is off or changes, it's it's something to pay attention to. Um, pay attention to your routines. Are you striving for balance? Have you done something for your physical health today? Have you done something for your mental health today? Have you done something social today? Um, and just constantly audit. Because when I was in that week of contemplation uh, between MRI and surgery, um, I mean, I was 90% thinking um, I'm not ready to die. And there's, that's just not an option. I'm not accepting it as an option. Um, but I was 10% thinking if something terrible happens, I did all that I could because I paid attention. I, I, I did everything I could. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean that very broadly, just if something doesn't serve you in some way and you're allowing it into your life, um, find a way to get rid of it or ask yourself why you're doing it, why you're allowing it. Um, because if you are ever in that situation where you don't want it to be life or death, but it could be, uh, you'll be forced to audit everything that you spent your time doing. Yes. And um, you'll never regret spending time thinking about or doing things that you genuinely enjoy doing. Um, you know, if I, I do regret um, time spent scrolling in social media, I do regret, um, time I spent worrying that kind of thing but I never regret time well for example I do art um and a lot of times I will and you're good uh, at it by the yeah. way yeah <laughs> yeah we'll have <laughs> we'll have links to that so y'all can buy <laughs> uh yeah um but I'll make something and it ends up amounting I'll hate it and I'll scrap it but I never regret that time spent thinking or doing. Um, I don't regret time spent like supporting somebody else's um, pursuits. Everything in my life has had a purpose and I've spent a lot of time cobbling that together. Um, and I really strive for balance. And so, you know, like I said, when I was in that um, period, that contemplative period, I, I was able to tell myself um, I have all the right people in my life. I'm loved. I'm supported. I did all that I could. And should something happen, um, no regrets. Um, yeah, obviously that was a, a traumatic thing. Now I'm thinking back and I'm, I can't believe that I was thinking those things. And that's, that's a little hard. I mean, that's just, it's taking work now to, to kind of process, um, yes. Absolutely. Now I'm also processing like all those messages that I got after I um, said something on social media about it happening. I got tons and tons of messages and I didn't think about it at the time, but all of those, you know, people were speaking to me as if I might die in a couple of days. Um, you know, those last phone calls with my grandma and my aunt and, um, you know, hugging my parents and my husband on the way out, like, um, that could have been it. And that's very haunting. So Emily, your testimony is so incredibly powerful. 
because all too often we read like, you know, what do people regret? What do people wish they did looking at, you know, older people on their deathbed, but literally you were, you were facing a potential deathbed at 29 years old as a pharmacist. And so many of us wonder what's the secret? What am I missing? Why do I feel behind? Why do I feel like I'm an imposter? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? All of these things that we always wonder, did we do it right? Did we get it right? Did, what, where do we mess up? So your testimony, your strength is so incredibly invaluable. I'm just so honored that, that you shared this and I'm, just, I'm honored to know you. Like, I'm not, I'm not just saying that, like you are a living testimony of inspiration because it's one thing to, to study these principles. It's another to talk about it, but to live it to this degree is such a profound gift that you are right now to anyone listening or watching this. Seriously, because like you said, your worst fear was imagine. And you now, their, their worst fear, it's, it, you did it. You're, they're going through it, you're processing it. It's you know, still a process. But now you are sharing that as a way to, here's, here's what I learned. Here's if, if it didn't go out, what I would have regretted. Like you face that, that 10% focus. And now you're living your life in such intention and purpose. And you're using all of that, that pain, that uncertainty, that, that fear, all of that, that not, none of us honestly can imagine. But you're using that in a way to help people so that you don't have to face those things to turn your life around. You don't have to wait to the end to wonder if you did it right in the beginning. You can start right now. And I think that's such an incredibly blessed message that I'm honored to hear and I'm honored to have you share. And hopefully this reaches as many people as possible because you're exactly what we need in our profession. And, and it comes to something really humbling and, and huge because in pharmacy, as y'all probably realize, we have challenges. And so many of us are waiting for someone else to save us. So many of us are waiting for something else to fix. And we're just kind of waiting in the game. No one's coming to save you. You must put on your own cape and be your own hero. And that journey begins when you do the work behind the scenes on your mental health, which you did and was tested and validated when you had this dropped on you, your physical health, which probably saved your life if not at the very least expedited recovery. Yeah. But all these things that you and I and everyone in the fit pharmacist community have been preaching, it's not that we're practicing what we're preaching, it's we're preaching what we practice because it's so important. It's so important. And I'm just so grateful for you to share how that really plays out in life when something like this comes your way. And yeah. I, want, I want people to know more about you. I want them to see what you're doing and how many lives that you're impacting with this. So uh, seriously, thank you so much for your time, for your vulnerability, for your honesty, for just being who you are. Like I've had the honor of following you for years, but I just am, am so touched by who you are as a person and just having this conversation really with your soul. So thank you for being you. Thank you, Adam. Is there yeah. anything else that you'd like to share with people who are uh, struggling, they feel like they're stuck. You mentioned to do a self audit. If something's not serving you in life, ask why you're tolerating it and take it out. I think every single one of us have at least one thing in our life like that. Um, so is there, is there anything, any piece of advice that you can give someone who, who feels struggling or, or maybe they hear this and then they start getting really self judgmental. Wow. I thought I had problems. Like 
I, I just complain a lot. Like, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. Any, any words of wisdom that you have for people who aren't living life at the fullest potential? Sure. I mean, I would can find a problem that you can fix, fix it um, and find something. You should always be working on something, no matter how big or how small, um, whether it's you want to find the new hobby or you have a poor relationship in your life, find something that bothers you and fix it. Um, and then that triumph will give you momentum to start solving bigger problems. Um, just you have to be chipping away at something. And I think you had mentioned earlier about, you know, not feeling enough or not feeling like you're doing enough. The only, this is, it sounds cliche, but I truly believe the only, the only judge of that can be you. Um, you can only do what you can do and you should only be doing what you like to do and what makes you feel good. Um, there are plenty of things out there that are trendy and, you know, sexy, and um, that doesn't have to be what you like doing. It doesn't have to be, your whole life doesn't have to be Instagrammable. In fact, it shouldn't be. Um, it should be you taking care of yourself and the people around you. And um, should anything like this ever happen to you, um, which very, very unlikely, but most of us will encounter some adversity in a big way. Uh, you'll, you won't have regrets and you'll be ready. You'll, this is what you've been training for. So, um, I don't know. Happiness and fulfillment is everything. And that's, that's what you should be striving for. Not, um, validation external validation. Preach it. Um, preach it, preach it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so important. So. And, and I mm -hmm. think that because everyone's trying to be so Instagrammable, it's mm -hmm. actually the un-Instagrammable things that are actually trending the most because it's the reality that none of us see and all of us crave. And I think sure. that's why your story resonates with so many people. Mm -hmm. So I think you hit the nail on the head there, my friend. But one thing that I, speaking of Instagram, <laughs> one thing that I do want people to do is connect with you and follow you because you're just such a light. So where are you most active so that people can follow the real, like the Instagram that's the uninstagrammable, you know, yeah. like the real stuff, you know? <laughs> so where yeah. are you most active? Where can right. people follow you? Try not to be too active on there, but um, yeah, uh, I am the most active on Instagram. Um, I'm not on TikTok or anything. Um, so it's emily.j.summers, um, S-U-M-M-E-R-S. That's where I'm at. Um, you can, I guess you could email me too, um, emilyjanesummers, and then the number one at gmail.com. Yeah. How about your artwork? Oh, well, I'm in a little bit of a, an art drought right now because I want to learn a new medium. I want to learn a new style. So, so you I'm mean to tell me, phase. you mean to tell me that you're constantly growing and you're always looking to evolve? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yep. I don't know. The wheels are always spinning. Always have a plan. I love that. See, that's just who you are. It's just extraordinary. Well, I will have all of those links in the show notes so that people can connect with you with one click because this is one woman you definitely want to follow. I've been following her for, for many years and will continue to do so. 
Um, so seriously, thank you for being such an inspiration for me and taking the time uh, to share who you are in your journey because it's going to and has inspired so many lives. So seriously, thank you. And you're one strong fit pharmacist woman. I mean, for real, like you're, you're doing incredible things and it's not, it's not the doing, it's the being. And I think that's the big message that, that you shared that all of us are going to take away and put into practice. Thanks, Adam. An honor guys. This is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with the Dr. Emily Summers. Go forth, be great and dispense your full potential. God bless.